Hey guys, welcome back to Vertical Momentum. I am your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, this is going to be an amazing episode. Are you tired of being drowned out by the noise? Are you tired of people just not clicking on your stuff, especially on social media? Because everybody has the same things going on. We're going to be talking about that day with my brother. And I'm so grateful and truly humbled and honored. He's done some great things in uniform, doing even better things out of uniform. Brother, I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Welcome to VM Nation. Say hey to VM Nation. What's going on, Nation? How y'all doing? This KJ Bradley or KTA Interactive Media. Man, I am glad to be here. Rich, how you doing, brother? I'm doing truly amazing. Um, I love your podcast. Um, I don't miss it. I mean, I don't, I don't miss an episode. I love everything you're doing. I've learned a lot from you, from um, even though I'm learning from a distance and you don't even know about it, but but now you will. Uh, so first of all, the first question I ask everybody is, what is your definition of resilience? Because before we came on, we both struggle with PTSD, and sometimes being a content creator can can get us all twisted. Yeah. So what is your definition of resiliency? Absolutely, man. Um, the simplest way I can break down resiliency is to breathe in, breathe out, and repeat. As long as you can maintain that rhythm, everything else will work itself out. I love it. So now we're gonna we're gonna hop back in the wayback machine. So where do you come from? Where did you grow up? And what kind of little kid were you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Back before Atlanta became this sprawling metropolis, it was really a small country town. And a lot of people, I tell a lot of people um, that I'm from a small town in Georgia called Atlanta, and they laugh at me. But um, a lot of people, when they when they hear the word Atlanta, they think of, you know, 2022 Atlanta, which obviously was completely different than 1980s, 1990s Atlanta. I'm talking, we still had dirt roads. I mean, we had chickens in the backyard till I was 16. And this had to be 96, 97. So um, I had really humble beginnings. Uh, we grew up. It was 17 of us, 17 kids, six adults. In a wait, three wait, what? Yep. 17 kids, six adults uh, in a one a three bedroom, one bathroom house uh, growing up. So uh, me and my cousins, uh, let's just say we were close. <laughs> and um, I don't know, man, it's it just it, it was really really humble beginnings, man. And that kind of, that kind of, uh, set the, set the, the course for my adulthood. And I now, were you, were you, a a good student? Were you an athlete? Yeah, actually. Um, well, I'd like to think I was an athlete. Um, I participated if that makes sense. <laughs> I wasn't, uh, I wasn't much, much good at it. Um, for me, it wasn't so much about the, the performance as, as it was the camaraderie, right? Like, so, Growing up in in such a, a close knit house, we couldn't necessarily afford the the uniforms and the equipment and stuff like that. So, a lot of times it was just a way to keep from going home. So, you know, I would try out for the tennis team, the the basketball team, the the baseball team, and really had no interest in playing it. Where I excelled at was um, in the literature club. We had a literature club um, in in my high school, which was extremely rare for. Atlanta public schools in the, in the nineties and two thousands and the, uh, debate team. So stuff like that. So some of the little literary stuff, I didn't do too well in math. Um, just, I just, I don't know the things I had a passion for. I excelled in the things I didn't care as much about. I didn't do as well in, um, which is, now we're, I, you know, I just interviewed somebody, uh, the other day and we were talking about how, um, readers are leaders yeah. and learners are earners. Absolutely. So were you always somebody that liked to read and like to always expand your mind? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I learned, one thing I learned early um, from childhood is so my, my grandma, who was our matriarch, she would um, we, we would sit around her chair and she would tell us stories as a little kid. And, and some of my earliest memories are from us just hanging out, you know, sitting at, at, at her feet and my uncle's feet, listening to them tell us stories. Um, so by the time I got into school, I was always fascinated with stories. I, you know, I, I was one of those kids who just lived in the library. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't take my hands off of, off of a good story, you know, and that looking at my life now, it's kind of ironic that, you know, I'm in content creation to help and 
businesses tell their stories because I'm always fascinated about a person's story. You know, that's that's the one thing you can't duplicate in this world. And in and, and, and our society is so it's so much duplication and so much, you know, following the leader. One thing you can't duplicate is the person's origin story. And that's why it's so fascinating to me. Yep. And I definitely want to hop back to that. Hop yeah. back to that. Um, so did you go to college? Did you join? I did. The military? Yeah, I, I'm sorry, man. I, I am an absolute rambler. So um, graduated in 2000. Um, well, I college? To, uh, I, no, I went to uh, high school, graduated high school in 2000. Okay. And, um, I went to Morris Brown College in Atlanta, Georgia for two years. Um, I ended up dropping out um, my sophomore year, my second year um, due to 9-11. I, I, you know, I heard the calling. Um, so I ended up dropping out, joining the military. I joined June 2002. Um, and then it was all she wrote, man. I was, my first duty station was Fort Wayne, right? Alaska. Did that. Uh, I did. Wait, the wait, oh, oh, wait, 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 hop, hop back. Cause I'm, I'm going to ask you questions about that. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm, I, I'm originally from New Jersey, but I grew up in South Carolina. Oh, okay. So, uh, but first of all, tell us about your recruiting story. <laughs> and then talk to us how a kid from Georgia ends up living in Alaska. Yeah. What kind of mind shift change was no, that? I know. And, and I've never been as hot as I've been in, in Georgia, and I've never been as cold as I've been up that way. So talk to us about that. Absolutely. So um, I joined the military on a dare, believe it or not. Uh, me and a couple of buddies were sitting in the dorm room and we were talking about, you know, the things that happened in 9-11. And, um, you know, my buddy just kind of looked at me joking and was like, man, since you care so much about it, why don't you join the military? And like, it was almost like a an epiphany struck. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go join. Literally. So we finished class that day. I went down to the West End recruiting station in Atlanta um, and I talked to a recruiter and I said, listen, hey, I don't know what I want to do. I just know I want to do something. So how can I help? So, you know, they did the whole song and dance. We did the ASVAB. Um, I scored pretty decently on it um, and ended up getting a, a pretty decent job. I was a radar operator for the field artillery. And yeah, literally, man, within 36 hours, I was in Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, I went back. The guy, once we signed, I raised my hand, did the thing at MEPS. I told the guy I got to go back to the registrar and disenroll from school. So he gave me a day to disenroll, and that was it, brother. I was on the, the van down to Fort Benning. So I'm, I'm guessing Alaska was not the first place on your dream sheet. Believe it or not, I did not even know Alaska existed. Um, I, 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 I had heard of it, but it was one of those things where it was so surreal. Like, you're like, all right, cool, whatever. That's something I'll never see. So I ended up having orders. And, and AIT, you know, they, they hand out orders and PCS orders, whatever. And we were allowed to switch uh, with anybody within the within the peer group so my original orders were for germany um and knowing myself knowing myself at the time knowing the college kid i realized that germany was not the best place for me so my buddy was like hey i got this i got these orders to alaska um that's a pretty remote place maybe you'd be safe going there and i was like you know what i can go to alaska like i've never been what's a little bit of snow <laughs> you know, it'd be fun. So we switched. Um, he ended up going to Germany. I took his orders to Alaska and I got there December 7th, 2002. And the day I stepped off the plane, it was negative 47 degrees. <laughs> and I was there. I had a long sleeve polo on um, and some cargo shorts and some Chuck Taylors and negative 47 degree weather. And uh, it, it it was just surreal. The guy, I, I'll never forget, I'm, I'm getting off of the plane in Fort Wayne, right? Little small airport in Fairbanks. And um, the guy, the guy kind of looks at me and goes, he was like, you're going to base, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. He was like, you didn't dress for the weather. So literally he took, he opened the suitcase, gave me his coat and a pair of sweats. And he took me to reception on um on Fort Wayne, right? And that was my introduction to the army, man. Turns out the guy was a uh, specialist <clears throat> in one of the gun batteries. Um, and I didn't, I didn't find out till later. Um, but the guy, he took care of me. He, he, I guess they were coming home from uh, leave or something from Thanksgiving and just, you know, just showed that hospitality, man. But that was weird. It was, it was fun times. Alaska was great though. So then how many years did you put in? 
Uh, I put in uh, 17 total, and then I ended up getting medically retired uh, in 2018. All right. Uh, so uh, we don't. I don't tell war stories here. That's not what we do here. But uh, you know, I got medically discharged after 23. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do 30. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you can't see, you can't shoot. We don't need you anymore. Thanks. And uh, when they told me that I was no longer Sergeant Kaufman on Memorial Day, 2012 was the day that I attempted, I had my suicide attempt. Yeah. Um, because the reason was, you know, I got thrown out the first time for being a drug addict. Everybody knows I got back in and then I wanted, I tried to be the ultimate soldier. Yeah. I tried to be, you know, any, the, um, I tried to be the man. Yeah. Every class you wanted, every school you wanted me to go to, whatever, I got you, you know? And then when they told me I was no longer Sergeant Kaufman, and I had to hand in my ID. And at that moment, I didn't know who Sergeant, who I didn't know who Richard was. Yeah. And it scared the living daylights out of me. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, um, you can go into whatever you want to get into about yeah. why you went, why you got put out. But what was it like yeah. in, immediately after the transitioning? Yeah. So uh, my med board came pretty quick. I um, It was just after I had my second hip surgery. And um, I was suffering through some real depressive issues. Um, I was working in the brigade staff at the time and just life just wasn't the best for me. Um, and the doctor kind of looked at me straight in my face and said, look, man, this is your second time having hip surgery. It's not responding. No hips, no service, you know. And, you know, I, I assumed that meant that I would have time to rehab. But what happened was he literally, after I left that office, sent the email of my p3 to my brigade sergeant major so by the time i left the appointment and went back to the office to go tell my brigade sergeant major he was like hey you're med board and you got 90 days <laughs> and like what do you what do you do with that you know you just your, your whole adult life was surrounded around the military that's all i knew you know my i was one of those guys who had that mentality where i would die in my boots you know what i'm saying i would serve i would serve until i couldn't serve anymore and you know my whole life had changed so um I, I remember sitting in the Sergeant Major's office and just staring off into the wall. And then, you know, the Sergeant Major was like, hey, man, take as much time as you need. I know I don't know what else to tell you, you know, and that's when it kind of that's when it kind of dawned on me like, holy shit, you know, for the first time in my adult life, I have to do something else, you know, um, and I, I'll never forget, man. I had a conversation with my wife the night I went home and told her. I said, hey, I don't know who I am, you know, and uh, God bless my wife, man. She just kind of stared at me with that hard New York face and was like, so go find yourself. <laughs> and that, that, was, that was it, man. So um, literally, we started that journey. We started that journey then, man. But um, I thank God for my wife, man, because I was in a bad spot, brother. Me I, too. I, I thank God for my wife. My wife is my angel. Absolutely. She saved me. She calms the beast. Absolutely. Um, you know, sometimes when that people don't realize that sometimes like when I went to go see the movie, uh, oh, well, not Lone Survivor. Uh, what was the other one? Um, and Chris Kyle was sitting in his chair and nothing else was on going on around him. Mm -hmm. And he was just, you know, he was just had that unfocused look. Most people don't realize, you know, people that are struggling with PTS. I call it post-traumatic growth now instead yeah. of post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Um, a lot of us, they, a lot of people, they don't see the injuries. Yeah. You know, they don't, they just see, hey, you know, you look all right. You know, you, you look good, you know, but then you kind of, you're at home and you're like, I'm not good. Yeah. You know? And sometimes as a husband or a father, you know, we're always more worried about taking care of that other person. Making sure the wife is okay, you know, the kids are okay, that we don't take time for ourselves. Yeah. And then, you know, like we were talking before we hopped on, you know, even though, you know, supposedly, you know, we're like influencers and we're, we're business owners and all that, yeah. people don't realize that, you know, even the people that seem like they got it all together, sometimes we go into our funks. Absolutely. You know, like I went into when, when I lost my, my vision in my other eye three years ago, I went into a deep, deep, dark depression. And it wasn't until I reached out to my amigos 
which I, my, my friends, and they reached out and said, listen, bro, you're the comeback coach. Your ass needs to come back. You know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, sometimes if you guys have a, a veteran or a first responder in your life, just keep an eye on them, you know, ask them, how are you doing? And, you know, not just, and when they give you the standard answer, I'm all right. No, then ask them, you know, how are you really doing? You know, so you might just save a life that way. That's just a perfect public service announcement. But first, I want to thank our sponsors before we go on. As you guys know, um, I when I was in the military, I love my energy drinks. I love my monsters, Red Bulls. Um, now that I'm an old man, I can only have one coffee a day. And I decided to come out with Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's a high-powered coffee, twice the amount of co- caffeine, no crash, great taste. Um, tastes like, looks like the old army mud that we used to drink. But the best thing about our coffee is that 22% of everything we make goes to help veterans that are struggling with ho- homelessness and PTSD with, with a company called Project Die Hard. So that's where the money goes. I make no money off of the coffee. So if you guys like coffee, make sure you leave a comment, say coffee below, and I'll get you the information on it. So now talk to us because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we get out of the military, like Sergeant Nick in our group talks about, you know, you step off base. Military doesn't give a shit about you. Oh, no. Yeah. Your, your phone stops ringing. Um, you, 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 you miss your, you know, you miss your c- comrades. You don't have a career anymore yeah. and you don't have a mission. So sometimes when you're at that kitchen table thinking, you know, shit, who am I? Yeah. I got to reinvent myself and I got to reimagine myself. Take us back to that moment at the kitchen table when you're sitting there thinking, I got to do this. And my wife just told me, I got to do this. So how did you start to reinvent and reimagine yourself? Um, Man, just that sobering, that sobering moment of, of, turning in that card and getting that 214 and you realizing that you're not, you're not Sergeant Bradley anymore. That, that I, I just, that is such a surreal feeling, man. Um, but just, so the process, I, um, I did the traditional thing, DOD contracting, finding on-base jobs. I, um, thankfully I had a, one of my wife's buddies worked at transitions and, um, they were, he was like, Hey man, I don't have much, but I can get you on part-time, you know, just to get you something to do during the day to help you till you figure life out. So I did that. We were in processing and out processing soldiers and civilians as they came on base. Uh, and I realized real quickly that that was not, uh, that was not life for me. I didn't, I didn't enjoy, um, I didn't enjoy the civilian workforce. If that makes sense. It, it just, it, it's difficult to explain It just, the culture was just not, something that I was used to, you know? Um, so I told my wife, I said, I don't know what I want to do, but I know this isn't it. And, you know, again, thank God for my wife. She said, well, quit and find what you want to do. Um, and, you know, we, you know, fortunately we had enough money in our, in our savings to where we were okay. And then my wife is still active duty. So, uh, you know, I didn't have to worry about, you know, some of the typical stuff most veterans go through, but it took me about a year and a half of bouncing back doing odd jobs i like to call them auditions because i would literally work for about a week and say hey man this isn't for me uh let me try something else Uh, i think i spent a year i was a plumber for a week i washed windows for a week i did landscaping for a week and i i literally just bounced from all these odd jobs just trying to find life and then so finally i was talking to my mom at the house um one day and my mom was like well isn't there a way you can use stories? And I was like, I don't know. And then um, that kind of got my mind into thinking, what do I do? You know, how do I incorporate something I love to do with uh, with something that I want to do? Um, and then just reaching out, I, I literally, I worked, um, I worked for this one guy um, for six months for no paycheck. And I, and I told him, I said, look, man, I don't need money. I need experience. I need to know if this is something that I still love. So um, I literally, I, he, he owned a production company in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. And I literally showed up every day, you know, every day 
grunt work. Hey man, how do you put this camera together? How do you, you know, what, how do you do that video setting? What's that? Why is that light there? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was the toddler in, in the company because anybody that I could pester for a question, I, I sat down and I picked their brain out, you know, and I was an I was an unofficial employee. So I, I was just the guy that, that came to the office and I would literally, it was, it was 12 on six hours, 12 on six days a week, uh, sitting in, in the production studio, man, just learning my craft. And I fell well, in love first with thing, the one thing I got to say is some of my favorite times were sitting in William Bryce stadium, <laughs> watching the Gamecocks versus Georgia Bulldogs. Hey man, look. Some of the best football games ever and uh so i just wanted to put that out there cox i'm a game cock but i i love the georgia football team so uh so now a lot there because i'm going to talk i want to get a little bit deeper a lot of people you know when you say well why don't you go intern for somebody yeah you know they don't want to pay the dues yeah and unfortunately you know or fortunately you know sometimes you got to pay your dues yeah and sometimes, whether it's maybe not interning, like for me to become a top podcast, I had to learn from the top podcasters. Right. So I had to invest in courses, masterminds, this, you know, but a lot of people, they think, you know, I just want to start, I'm going to start a YouTube channel <laughs> and they didn't pay their dues. And, you know, so talk to us. And I love the that thought that you're sitting there for 12 hours a day. And you're, you're in your mind. You're thinking, "Wow, I'm so blessed that I'm able to get this experience right. that I can use long term." Where some of your friends might be like, "Bro, you're sitting there for twelve oh, hours yeah. making other people money." Oh yeah, yep. I was, I was, I, you know, I, I went through the whole gamut. How can you sit there and you're not on the payroll and yada yada yada? But it's like I had to explain to them, like. I may not be getting paid money, but what I'm getting paid is experience. And that experience is going to pay for itself down the line. And, you know, it, it was just a path that I took. And, I, you know, it was invaluable just being able to sit there and, you know, no strings, no strings attached, no pressure to perform, just being able to learn and make my mistakes, you know. But now also, um, I and I, I, I don't know, but I'm sure that, because of the time you spent there, you built relationships. Absolutely. You, know, you build up your network. Like for oh. me, I believe, you know, my network is my net worth. Nice. Yeah. Like I could go to my phone, you know, like the other day, my wife want, asked a cooking question. So I actually got a chance to call one of the iron chefs oh, to wow. get her answer. You know, I have people that like Steve Sims or Tony Watley or John Lee Dumas, you know, or, you know, Dave Meltzer, you know, he's got a $20 billion company those people I can reach out to because I built relationships. Exactly. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't give, give, give. I mean, take, take, take. It was always adding value. And I'm sure that when you're working there, you know, you were adding as much value to that company Absolutely. and, they, and then you built relationships. Absolutely. So talk about how building relationships started you off on the path you are today. Man, I will, I will tell you, um, being in the, in the entertainment industry, in the film production industry, uh, relationships are paramount. Uh, just being able to, on pure happenstance, uh, there was a client uh, at the production company. They were having a meeting and the guy, he wanted something to drink, but he didn't have time to go get it. So I was like, hey, man, I'll run to the store, which, you know, gas station across the street. I'll run to the store and get you something to drink and, and you know, no big deal. So the guy was like, all right, cool. Thanks. How much it costs? And I was like, oh, I got it. Don't worry about it. So when I get back, come to find out the guy, um, he owns his own production company in Columbia as well. Um, but he was focused in horror as a genre, um, which is, you know, something that I'm absolutely interested in. Um, fast forward the story. We ended up becoming partners and we've worked together for the last two and a half years. Um, just off of that happenstance. But had I not reached out to that guy, I might have missed that opportunity. You know, just being humble and networking and, and not being afraid to say hi. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And, and I think for me, it's all about, like on my, on my show, it's all about providing value. You know, like if I say, if I came to you and I said, hey, bro, you know, come on the show. You know, I got a top rated podcast. You'd probably look at me like, 
this guy's an asshole, an asshat. But, you know, because I said, K, you know, KJ, come on the show. You know, I want to talk about what you got going on and I want to promote what you're doing. You don't mind coming on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's a lot of people keep on forgetting that, like, like my friend Gary Vaynerchuk talks about, you know, jab, 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 and then right hook. Yeah. But a lot of times, a lot of people are hook, hook, hook. And then when they go to jab, it's ineffective because yeah. because they're just part like we're just going to start talking about now. It, they're just part of the noise. Yep. That's right? it. So and talk to us, you know, what you got going on, you know, what do you do? And um, and, and just hop on and talk I and mean, tell us what you got going on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, by trade, we are a full service production company. Um, we we focus on our. Uh, horror genre feature films and short films. Um, in the last three years, our films have won several awards overseas. Uh, the latest award we just won, my, my partner Thaddeus won um, uh, Best Emerging Producer uh, for a film that he produced called The Gazelle, which is which is a really, really dope project. Um, we don't necessarily do the, the gore horror. It's more psychological thrillers. We like to focus on the I love stuff like that. Uh, yeah, we we you know we I mean there's we we like we use blood you know because you got to kill sometimes um, and but we try to use it when it matters you know what I'm saying we don't want to just you don't want to use blood and guts just for the hell of it you know what I'm saying we try to try to have it have meaning um, but the way we keep the lights on is we do um, we supplement our income and our projects by providing uh, digital commercials for small businesses. Um, our first national ad ran last summer. Uh, we were able to hit 13 cities across the Midwest and, and the West coast, which was pretty dope. It was, uh, for a barbecue company, barbecue sauce company called RG mumbo sauce, which is pretty dope. So I, it was my first national campaign. So I was pretty excited about it, uh, to be a part of the project and, um, just, just phenomenal, man. So that, that's kind of what we do. We, we take small businesses. We help them tell their brand story. Um, we, we shoot uh, video business cards. I don't know if you're familiar with the concept. So uh, video business card is essentially an introduction of who you are and what your brand is to your client base. Um, it's pretty interesting. I, I'm having you on. And then at three o'clock, uh, I'm having a director. He's coming on. Oh, wow. And he just um, put out a film with Ron Perlman nice. from Hellboy. And so he's coming on this afternoon. So it seems like everything is just everything is just coming together. I love now, it. you know, I like we were talking about before we got on. Video is king, absolutely. You know, and there's a reason why um, video is taking over Instagram. You know, people are watching more videos on Instagram than they are static pictures. That was put out by the CEO, by the way. <laughs> also on. Um, you know, TikTok, there's a reason why TikTok is blowing up. Absolutely. But I hear a lot of people, and I tell everybody this, if a person ever says to you, well, we don't do business that way, you're going out of business. Absolutely. You know, if you're not making videos, I, I say a lot of people, well, I don't like being on camera. Uh, and that's okay, because yeah. now they have so many things you can do. Animatronics. Absolutely. You know, you, you don't have to just be on video like we are. So talk about the new age, 2022, what the digital world is like. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, the digital landscape is so vast and it, it's so versatile that um, you can take a brand owner who's, let's say you have a brand owner who's, who's shy or, or, you know, timid and being in front of the camera. Well, you can brand and scope their story by mixing in um, elements of, that person in the background and fill it with stock footage and it'll be like telling the exact story as if the, the client was there the entire story. So there are a lot of creative ways, like you were talking about animatronics, using the animation. Um, one of the one of the dope uh, commercials that we did, we had a, a animator do a comic book short series for a brand which was really dope because the owner, the owner was a comic book fanatic. He likes to go to cons and all that stuff, which was great. So um, instead of putting together a traditional commercial package for him, we said, Hey, how about we do a animated series for you? 
an animated short series to tell this brand story. Um, so we were able to put that together and, and the client ended up using it. And, and I mean, it's, it's just, there's so many ways that you can be creative in telling your brand story that, you know, the possibilities are endless. And I, I, that's one of the things I really enjoy about this, this, this industry is there's no limits. You know, the, the only limit is how far your, your creative team can think, you know, and, and that's the dopeness about it. That's the beauty of, of why I enjoy doing what I do. Yep. And, you know, one of my favorite books um, and one of my, you know, book series is books called Story Brand. Oh, yeah. Love it um, because I believe, you know, that facts will tell. Absolutely. But stories will sell. Absolutely. But a lot of people I hear, you know, when I tell them I'm on TikTok, you know, even though we're, we're slowly growing. I mean, you know, so far, I think we've only had like a million views or something stupid, but, um, it, you know, we have like 9,000 followers, but for me to be on there talking about resiliency, talking about, you know, PTSD and stuff like that. A lot of people think, wait a minute, why is this 53 year old guy on, uh, you know, why is it on TikTok? It's only for kids. Yeah. It's not that way anymore. Cause when no. you see companies like KFC putting, you know, spending half of their marketing budget, on TikTok, yep. there's a reason. Yeah. So talk about that. You know, talk about because I know you do it for your clients. Yeah. You a lot a of TikTok absolutely. Clients. Um. Uh, we we get that a lot in the discovery call. Well, why should I be on TikTok? You know, my product isn't isn't designed for teeny boppers. You know, and and we have to educate people and tell them like, look, man, TikTok is a digital market space for any and everyone. The, the, the beauty about TikTok is you're able to define your niche and speak directly to your client base in a way that you haven't been before. You know, if your ideal target or if your ideal audience is mid 30s, family guys, you know, with um, with the family or dads who are dads who just are, are tired of being dads or dads who enjoy doing dad things, you can build a TikTok campaign around doing dad things. And it will speak directly to the, to your audience because that's what your audience likes to watch. Um, so that I, I really enjoy um, taking a client's idea and taking them from, well, I don't know if TikTok's going to work for us. And then showing them after a 90 day campaign, taking them from zero followers to a brand new account to, you know, over 1,500, 2,500 followers in 90 days off of one campaign. And they're saying, well, OK, well, now maybe TikTok is for us help us grow it even more. You know what I'm saying? And that, and that, that's just the, 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 the beauty of it. TikTok is a lot of people get kind of lost in the dance crazes and all that other funny stuff. Right. Which is, which is fine. But what they don't realize is those dance crazes and, and those challenges are speaking to a specific audience. Yeah. You can take that same concept, apply it to your business and your ideal client, and you'll have those same results, you know, and that, and that's the beauty of it, man. Now, one thing I want to talk about, you know, like one of my mentors, his name is John Lee Dumas, mm -hmm. um, gets a million downloads a month on his podcast. He's crushing it. But, you know, when I sat down and we talked and he said, you know what, you got to find out who your ideal avatar is. Absolutely. And, you know, you got to sometimes you got to go an inch wide, but a mile deep. Absolutely. You know, like that's why when we got on, I told you exactly who my ideal avatar is. And a lot of people especially with like, I got a, a friend of mine, he has a, a GNC. And I said, you know, who's your perfect avatar. And he told me what he thought it was. He wrote it down. And then we looked back at analytics and it was totally opposite. Absolutely. What he thought it was like, he thought, well, it was males working out, but the most people that were shopping were females yeah. that were working out. Yeah. So a lot of times we don't use analytics. You know, we don't, cause you hear the word, analytics you're like oh <laughs> you know but i think a lot of people they start a company but they don't know who they're marketing to Absolutely. you know like, like jim Rohn said you know if, if you're marketing to everybody you're marketing to nobody absolutely you when you start with a new company is that something you initially sit down and say all right we got to figure out who we're marketing to or else we're not going to get anywhere yeah absolutely one of the most important things a, a business can do is identify who I want to sell to, because once you know who you want to sell to, you know, their behaviors, you know, when they shop, you know, how they shop, you know, where they shop and you're able to tailor your ads. You know, if, 
if my ideal client base doesn't, you know, doesn't watch Facebook because they're working from nine to five, I know not to run ads between nine to five. My ads are going to run between six and eight a.m. and then catch them on their way back or when they're home, you know, seven to nine p.m. right before they go to sleep. You know, and know, knowing your client, knowing your client's behaviors are, I, I think, critical in the in the business process, even more so before you it, it for us, it's identify who you are and then identify who you're selling to. Once you have those two pieces layered together, you can sell anything. And, and I truly believe that because, you know, the behaviors of your client, you know what they need. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's no coincidence, you know, people are able to to buy water, which is free, right? Like I, I use that analogy all the time. Well, why would somebody pay four or five dollars for a bottle of water when they can just go to the tap and get it for free? Well, the answer is they have a specific need and they know their clients are looking for something different. Once you know your client's behavior and you know that you can satisfy a need for that client, you got them. It doesn't matter what your price point is to, you know, you'll, you'll be able to reach them. So um, that's one of the, what's one of the biggest things we try to focus on is idea nailing down who exactly are we talking to? You know, each video, each piece of content, each piece of asset marketing has to speak to a specific, we, we tell, we tell a client to look in the mirror. If you can only talk to one client, if you can only sell to one customer, who would that customer be? And then once we figure out how to make that bell ring, we do the same process over and over and we just expand on it. Okay. Now I, I've been in business for myself now over three years. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things I've struggled with until recently, you know, I never, until I got, um, again, Gary's book, you know, think, you know, right hook, right, you know, jab, 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 right hook, you know, to start thinking of, you know, each platform wants something different yeah you know like instagram used to be static pictures and like i said before they put it out they're going to be more video based absolutely um you know a lot of people facebook you know is for families photoshops you know but a lot of people think or thought like i did i made a big mistake is oh i'm just going to copy paste something everywhere <laughs> and and i would i would get crickets and then <laughs> also put the link in the post itself and didn't realize that Facebook is going to bury it on yeah. purpose. Yeah. And you know, and all these different companies, like, you know, if you put a link in, in the, in a post, they're going to bury it. Absolutely. Because they don't want, you know, they don't want you leaving the app. Right. So talk about that is how the whole cut and paste thing doesn't work at all. Yeah. So um, if you think about it like this, right, if you if you can sell, if you can can take a client, right, say a client wants to buy, um, I don't know, say a client wants to buy cereal, right? We'll use cereal, right? And you sell cereal, right? So you want the client to come into your universe to buy your cereal. But before the client can buy cereal, what does this, what does the client need? What well, a client needs a spoon to eat the cereal with, right? So now I got to go somewhere else to buy the spoon or client's going to need milk. So now I, the client's got to go get milk before they come to you. What you want to try to do and what these social media uh, companies do is they try to keep the universe together. The longer you're on my page, the more likely you are to purchase something. So instead of having you go look for cereal, I mean, go look for milk at another site and then come back to me or click this link to go buy the milk and then come back. You know, I can sell you milk right here through one of my affiliates, you know, and keep you on my site, then you're good, right? So when you post those links, think of it like that. You're sending, you're asking Facebook to send you away from their site where they're generating money from in hopes that you'll come back after you're finished. And nobody wants to do that because typically when somebody leaves your site, they're gone, period. You've lost that sale. So you want to keep them in your universe. You want to keep them in, in on your site or, or into your product space as long as possible. And the way you do that is finding those complimentary items that, that go well with your product and offer them right there on your site, whether it's through affiliates or finding a way to distribute it yourself. You know, I don't have enough analogy, man. I, I tend to get a little loose with my 
my I like I like it because you you break it down party style, and and I love that. You know, now a lot of people, uh, you know, you'll see it on their Facebook pages. It's always business, business, business. But you know, like I'm I'm learning from my friend Russell Brunson from his trilogies. You know that, like for me, I have five different things that I post. You know, I have something. I post something different every day, mm-hmm. you know, five things that, I, that are important in my life, my faith, yeah. my family, my podcast, my veterans and my, my entrepreneurial space. So I'm posting five different things on, on every day. So, so people see something different. Yeah. People just want to see business, business. If they can't relate to you, like you said, if, if I cannot relate to KJ's story, I'm not buying anything from you. Absolutely. So talk about that is, you know, being social on social media. Yeah. Um, one of the things we, we try to break down when we, when we establish relationships with clients is posting for purpose, right? Posting for intent, right? So um, if you have a, let's say you have a personal Facebook page and you have a business Facebook page, right? You don't want to cross the lines or blur those lines, right? Because when you do, that's when you tend to get, um, you know, those crazies out there who like to come on your personal page because they had an issue with your business or, you know what I'm saying, and and do crazy stuff. So you want to keep those lives separate. Um, It's okay to promote every now and again, but you don't want to blur those lines. So for your business page, that's when you want to post, you know, the variety of stuff. Short form video, which is, you know, anywhere between five to 15 seconds. Those are like your teaser videos, you know, that sort of thing, kind of get people in and out, right? You want to hit them. I call them flashbangs. You want to hit them with something hot, something memorable, and then you want to back out, right? Those are those are what you want to use to go viral. And then you want to use an infographic. Say if you set it up, you know, the next video, the next day you'll shoot, it'll be an infographic, right? That'll where you have your text overlays. Oh, a recent study said that 93% of business owners uh, prefer video content for their advertising form, right? Now you're informing your client base. Then you come back with the relatability base, right? So you kind of switch it up. You want to go back and forth. You don't want to be too heavy handed one way or the other. You want to give them a, a whole body perspective of who you are, right? You know, you hit them with the, the left jab one day, then you come back with the right, right cross. You know what I'm saying? You might throw a knee in there and then come back with an uppercut combo. You know, you, you don't want to just keep hitting them with the same, same move every day. Because after a while, they'll be like, oh, all right, cool. I know what this guy's talking about. You know what I'm saying? Veterans got to click. You know what I'm saying? Like they they quick to stroll. So you gotta you gotta always keep something fresh on the minds of the member, uh, on the minds of your client base. You know, and I love that. But now something also that I'm learning about. Um I try to be social on social media, mm-hmm. which means um I try to spend at least a half hour a day going on all my platforms you know, actually talking to people on, on the social media platforms, you know, help leaving comments. If I can, um, wishing happy birthdays, um, trying to be social and, you know, and and not for any other purpose, but to let people know, you know, like I'm going to see your post from now on. Um, so I want to build relationships. Absolutely. No. And I think like a lot of people, and I tell this all the time, I said, if you want to get more engagement on your Facebook page, make sure that you go into messenger and wish those people on your page happy birthday and not, not for any other purpose, but to build relationships, but also because once you wish a person happy birthday on your, you know, and your messenger, it automatically kicks you up to the top of their feet. So every day, say if you have 10 or 20 different people, you know, having birthdays, if you're wishing happy birthdays and, you know, sending good wishes, you're not only getting goodwill, but you're actually helping the algorithm, you know? So talk about that because a lot of people are trying to fight the algorithms instead of working with the algorithm. Like yeah. we all know that YouTube, they love shorts now. That's yeah. the big thing. And a lot of people, you know, they're, they're not going for it. And I'm like, why not? They're telling you what they want, but you're fighting the system. Yeah. Um, one of the things, one of the one of the posting strategies that we like to be uh, that we like to do is called, um, you know, social interaction. That's where you, that's where you kind of get out and you keep your brand. You know, you you build a personable touch. You know, what I'm saying it's not not nothing too intense. Just a simple, 
hey, that's a great post. You know, you want to you want to try to come in like you were saying, which is which is a pretty dope strategy. Hey, happy birthday, man. Or, hey, that's a great picture or that's a nice color. You don't want to you know, you don't want to do anything generic by just hitting the like button or something like that, because the algorithm's not going to pick it up uh, mm -hmm. at, at the very minimum. Leave a short sentence about what you're coming about. And what that does is that kind of kicks you to the front of your brand. And wh what we try to tell guys to do is don't post it from your personal, don't post it from your personal uh, page or your personal account if it's not a personal relationship. You know what I'm saying? That way, what that does is that not only does people see the, the company um, post, not only the, the excuse me, not only the person that you're posting on sees the company post, the people who also interact on that post sees your company. So you're subconsciously putting your brand in the eyes of potential clients down the line, as opposed to KJ says, happy birthday. Um, that's a great family picture. KTA Interactive Media says, hey, happy birthday. That's an amazing picture, right? So subconsciously, I see that and I'm thinking, oh, man, OK, cool. Next time I see that name, I'm going to remember, oh, that's the guy that wished my friend a happy birthday. You get what I'm saying? So you're advertising to them without even advertising to them. And you're getting into their subconscious before you even uh, before they even see an offer from you. You know, and one thing I see it all the time because um, I'm 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 on all the platforms. You know, like I'll see somebody post something, and I'm really interested. And then I go to look to the about me page, yeah, and crazy. I can't find anything about them. I can't yeah. find a way. I can't find their podcast. I can't find their business. It's just a public page, and there's nothing to it. So talk to us about optimizing so people can actually get in touch with you when you do stuff like that. Yeah, man. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. How are people going to find you if you don't give them the information? Um, that That's one of the first things we, we try to do when we do a social media audit is we try to find out where can we find you? You know, if we hit Google and you don't populate or you don't come up, then all right, we got to figure out why is that? Or, you know, if we go to your web page and, you know, within the first five seconds, I can't figure out what your company is about or what you stand for. You know, that's a problem. That's a red flag. People need to know who you are. How can I get in touch with you and what's your primary service? I call it the, the one product effect. Right. If you can only sell one product to one person, what would that be? Right. And you say, OK, hey, it may be something as simple as, you know, this this bottle of water. Right. Well, that bottle of water needs to be present you know, in, in some way, shape or form in the eyes of your client base or your potential client base at all times, right? Because what you're doing is you're grooming their mind to become affiliated and familiar with the process. That way, when, they, when they're ready or when you're ready to present the offer to you, they're already familiar to it, whether they know it or not. You know, um, prime example, you got a dope coffee. I knew your coffee was dope months ago. You know what I'm saying? So, when you when you hold the bag up, I'm like, oh, that's the dope coffee that that he's always talking about. I already knew that because it's always in my mind. You get what I'm saying? Like even now, as it's scrolling by, that coffee has been advertising this whole this whole podcast. You know, whether I read it or not, subconsciously I see the coffee. So when I think of you and I think of this podcast, I'm also gonna know, hey man, coffee. You get what I'm saying? And that's just that's just another um, subliminal way of getting your product in the eyes of consumers before you even give them an offer. So right. go ahead. I'm loving this, by the way. And like I said, I'm so grateful and humbled to be able to have you today. Um, I'm a big sports geek. You know, I'm a big I love basketball. My Warriors won a title. Woo Congratulations. Um, but, um, you know, talking about branding for a minute, because a lot of people start a company and think about branding afterwards. Oh, wow. That was me. And I'll admit it. I, I made a lot of mistakes. My friend, William Matry, he's the one that that's, he does all the graphics. He yeah. does all my colors. He did all that. But, you know, like, and I think your brand is everything. You are your brand in today's wow. social media. Now imagine if we're watching TV together, me and you were kicking it at the house and Michael Jordan comes up to the podium wearing Adidas jumpsuit and Adidas sneakers. Trying People can lose their mind Absolutely. because Absolutely. You know, he's known as Air Jordan. Yeah. So, but a lot of people don't realize that, you know, like for me, I wear my own swag. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have my own swag, mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't realize that you are your brand Absolutely. and they don't put much time into thinking, all right, what colors says what? 
what makes a person want to buy, what what makes a person not want to buy. Absolutely. So talk to us about branding and what some people can do to, you know, sometimes you got to refresh your brand. Like yeah. Cole, they were last year they were about to go bank not Coles, uh, JC Penney's. Yeah. They were about to go bankrupt. Now they just put out a put out a sign, you know, put out a new campaign shopping is back <laughs> after crushing it. So talk to us about sometimes, you know, if you have to create your brand or sometimes recreate your brand. Absolutely. So um, pivoting, uh, I think I'll start there. First, first, as a business owner, you can't be afraid to pivot, right? If something's not working or you're not getting the desired results or the desired effects, it's okay to pivot, right? So, um, and when it comes to terms of branding, um, you want to, you want to do your best to familiarize your client base with your brand, you know, subliminally, I'll give you a prime example. Um, our colors, red, silver, and black university of Georgia, right? I'm not wearing a branded hat, but my color scheme is there. You see what I'm saying? So even though you see the red a for my favorite baseball team, it still matches my color scheme. I right, look, look, I, it just, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> but, um, you know what I'm saying? And that, that's where, that's where a lot of people, you know, like when you're just getting started, right. A lot of people want to go out and, you know, plaster it everywhere. And they don't realize that it's a psychological game. You know what I'm saying? You have to be willing to plant the psychological seeds of your brand to where you're on the forefront. I'll give you another prime example. Um, Coca-Cola, right? Coca-Cola. I love the brand Coke uh, because they are so masterful at what they do. Like you can't even imagine seeing a polar bear without thinking of Coca-Cola. And those two things are couldn't be further from, you know, further from from relatable. But they've done such a masterful job of, of, of creating a brand around Christmas and polar bears that when you see a Christmas polar bear commercial, you instantly think of Coke, right? Or kind of like, like whenever you look at seeing Apple, you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, have you ever played the color association game? Um, so this, this is a real cool game that I do with clients, right? I'll get um, five or five or seven well-branded um, companies, right? And I'll only, I'll put a word and I'll put a color up, right? So I'll put the word soda or drink and then the color red, right? And I ask you, I said, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Not to be Coke, no yeah. doubt about it. Coke, right? It, it's what it is, right? And, you know, you, like you said, I'll take the fruit. I'll take a, 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 a piece of fruit and put the word. You know, first thing you think of. Now, it's, be it, it's, it's a no-brainer. And that's where you want to get your brand. That's where you want to get your brand to. To where people don't necessarily have to see your words or see your logo, but they think of you. Like if you put, you know, if you write down the word food and then you, you put red and yellow. Yeah. As you know, McDonald's. It's, it's done, right? Yeah. It's done. And, and that's, you know, that's why I think companies like Uber uses black and white. Absolutely. You know, because it shows um, high class. Absolutely. So, but a lot of people, like I said, I had a podcast before I did this and you're going to laugh at this because uh, everybody else does. I had a podcast called, called Success Your Why powers your how and i had like 300 episodes in and it was never put on apple yeah and so i had to rethink all right now i want to change my game up and then but i was thinking how do i put on a certain t-shirt success your wife powers where now it's like i put on you know i get like vertical momentum i i can actually make t-shirts you know, swag and stuff like that. And a lot of people don't realize they start a company and they, they come out with a 40, 40, thing, 40 words for their name. How do you shorten that? How yeah. do you put that on a t-shirt or a hat or, you know, swag? I'm yeah. a big swag guy. Yeah. So talk about that. You know, sometimes you have to think of, think about what, you know, I don't, maybe eventually we're going to want to grow, yeah. you know, you know, and so talk to us a little bit about that. So we, when we talk about, so when we talk about impact branding, right, we want to talk about how is, how do I, how do I get my, my name in the forefront of people's minds and memorable? Like if I have a, if I have a, a 12 word log line, people aren't going to remember it. Right. 
but they can remember something simple like um, build brands better, right? Which is which is our current uh, logline. Um, and, and basically what you want to do is you want it to be short, you want it to be punchy, and you want it to be memorable, right? What do you stand for? What do you stand for? What do you do? What do you believe in? All right, well, this is this is it. You know, at, at the bottom line, our core essence is we build brands better. You know, and, and that's kind of how you want to build it. That's how you want to pace it out. And then, two, you know, you can kind of play with the designs with the three B's and all that stuff. You know, it's you want to you don't want to overthink it. Right. You want it to be simplistic. You want it to be memorable. You want it to be something punchy that people can come back and be like, oh, that's cool. You know um, that and that that's kind of the biggest that's, that's the biggest thing. You don't want to overdo it. You just want it to be you want it to be simple. You know what I'm saying? Two more questions, and then we're going to bounce because I know you got a very busy. Oh, you're good, man. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, people, and I laugh at a lot of people. Like, I'll see a podcast; they got 200 episodes, and they got four reviews. Wow. And you're like, wait a minute. You know, they don't realize that you know social proof counts. You know, like for me, um, with your uh, you're leaving a uh, a comment. We're gonna have have 500 reviews on our show, so that means like even though we're a small show, you know, once Ed Milet puts a show out or Gary Vaynerchuk, if we're having that many reviews, they're gonna show it alongside those videos. Absolutely. So, but a lot of companies they don't think about reviews until they get a negative one. Right. But we had, I think we had 480 something five-star reviews and then one person put a one star and put a negative, but it washed it out. Yeah. You know, so talk to us about, you know, if you're a company and you, you need, definitely need reviews on Google and stuff like that. But we, a lot of people, we just don't ask for it and it's free. Absolutely. So talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. I'll give you a prime example. When a new movie comes out, right? And a friend of yours says, hey, man, I just went to go see the new the new uh, Tom Cruise movie. What's the first thing you ask? How was it? How was it, right? And based off of his answer, you're going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to go see it. You'll be like, ah, I think I'll wait to go see it, right? That's your social proof to show how important the, the, the wording of others are. You can have the dopest product in the world, right? You can have the most amazing product in the world. But if nobody validates it, we, we are in a validation culture, right? That's why um, that's why I tell clients the biggest thing you can do for your business is free advertising. If you have a friend who tried the product, if you had a, a guy model a shirt, have them write a review, have them give a description of how it feels. If nothing else, just says, hey, I really love the design because that's going to make people look at it twice. Right. How many times if you if you think about it, when was the last time you bought something without checking the reviews on it? You now, since I'm becoming the social media world, I hardly even go out to a restaurant. I'm telling you, that's, that's that's the first thing you do, right? Yeah. And 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 it baffles me when people will say, "Well, our business, you know, we don't care about reviews. Why not? Why not? Because without you even spending a single ad dollar, a five star review on Google or anywhere is going to sell your company for you." You know, the word of mouth is going to tell people uh, way more than anything you can say in an ad, right? Because it's your product. They're going to expect you to say it's the best ever, right? But if I got, you know, if I got, if I'm just getting started and the first 50 people who try my product says, man, I love this. This is going to be a game changer. I'm more inclined to buy that product. Or if I'm comparing two products, two similar products, right? And I see uh, product A has um, 20 reviews. And they're all five-star reviews with comprehensive reviews, right? They're talking about the quality, the texture, the size, the packaging, and all that good stuff. Whereas I see another company and it's got, you know, 100 reviews, but it's only got the star rating with no description. I'm more inclined to buy the product where I see the descriptions because that lets me, that validates in my mind that these people actually tried it and it's not a paid, it's not paid advertising. So people underestimate the value of how much that costs, man. And, and even, like I said, even something as simple as, hey, man, I had a friend try this new hat design out. Take a picture of him in the hat and have him leave a review. 
You know what I'm saying? Like my mom has written reviews for me um, when I've when I've done family events for her. And it's just a matter of, you know, yes, yeah, she's my mom. But at the same time, that algorithm, the more reviews you get, the more people from the outside saying that they validate you as a business owner and they stand behind your product. That's more powerful than any ad you can run, any commercial you can make, any any dollar you can spend. And it's free. Like you said, it's free. Yeah. And like I said, for people that don't believe in it, like if, if somebody came out, if, if, if Mrs. Oprah Winfrey came out and said, you guys need to get this book. Yep. It will be the international. I'm telling you. That's that it. Same day. You know, or if you're on YouTube, if Mr. Beast says you got to go to this channel. That's You're it. Gonna blow up. Yeah. So, you know, my last question is, uh, well, second to last question is, you know, where do you see videos in the next twelve to eighteen months? Where Where do you see it going? That's a great question. Um, I think video um, will be video marketing in particular will be. Uh, second nature. Um, I think we'll, everything, even even as you see, like, you know, bus stops in the metropolitan cities, they've gone away from the traditional paperback um, billboards to digital billboards, right? Because we are a short attention span society and motion grabs our attention. All right. I'm more inclined to watch an ad if it's something moving as opposed to seeing something static, right? I can see a postcard a million times and never read it, but you animate that postcard, now you got my attention. If only for two seconds, and that's where branding come in, because if I got two seconds with the client, what what are what are the most important things I wanna leave them with? I wanna leave them with my logo, my, my logo, and what we stand for, right? So those two seconds are paramount. What's the color scheme? What's going to stand out? What's going to make you stand out from everybody else? So. Okay. So now my last question is if I'm a new business or if I'm been in business a while and I'm realizing, all right, my competition is kicking my ass. Mm -hmm. How do we find you? How do we get in touch with you? How do we hire you for our business? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on the interwebs at uh, ktainteractive.com. Uh, catch us at all our social media handles at KTA Interactive. Uh, for our for our feature film projects, uh, you can find us at Fanatic Productions. Fanatic with the K, F A N A T I K, Pro. Uh, dot com, uh, and just reach out, man. Like I said, um, one thing I'm really big about is is building the village up. So even if you just wanted to ask a question, you know, it doesn't. You know, I'm I'm not really big on the sale. I'm more build build on you know, building relationships. So if I can help you do it yourself, I'd rather you do it that way as opposed to paying me to do it, if that makes sense. I love it. So guys, definitely reach out to them. Oh, first of all, uh, last thing we got to talk about, talk about the podcast. Absolutely. Oh man, we need, oh Jesus. Hey, so listen, my podcast, my 10 minute stories, right? It is, um, we talk about the tragedies and triumphs of, of veterans, very similar to this project. Um, we, we talk about, uh, the history of veterans. We allow veterans to tell their story, their way in their, in, in their language. Um, one of the biggest things growing up that we learned that, um, when El, uh, an African proverb once said that when an elder dies, it's like you're losing the library information. So one of our focuses and one of our, our, our goals in my 10 minute stories and the veterans initiative project is to capture those stories from those veterans in their words in their own experiences and not let history dictate how it went. You get to hear exactly how it went straight out of the mouths of those that were on the ground. So how do we find it? Yeah. Hey, my 10 minute stories on all the social media handles. We're getting ready to gear up for, uh, we're getting ready to gear up for uh, season two coming up. I want to give a shout out to uh, my parent company, easy way, promo uh, easy way promotions. We won the uh, 2020 TV producer of the year award from those guys. For the uh for the podcast, we're getting ready to crank up season two. My 10 minute stories, you can find us anywhere on the interwebs and our social media. Reach out to us. We'd love to connect. I know an awesome guest you can have on your show. I'm telling you, man. Dial in. Dial in. I love it. So, guys, uh definitely check out everything KJ's got going on. 
I'm so appreciative of them. So, guys, um, as you guys know, I always end with this quote by Mrs. Oprah Winfrey. It said, the best way to help yourself is to help others. So, so if so there's somebody out there, you know a veteran, if you know a first responder, tell them you love them, tell them you're thinking about them, just let them know that they're not alone. All right, guys, and, and like I, somebody asked me what I've been sipping on the whole time. <laughs> My own coffee. So if you guys love some coffee, definitely check it out. And um, I don't make any money off of it whatsoever. All the money goes to help Project Die Hard to help save veterans from themselves and also from homelessness. So if you love coffee, guys, just let me know that you do. KJ, brother, I'm so grateful and honored to call you for Oh, man. That means a lot, brother. I, coming from you, I really appreciate it, man. That, that well, means a lot. Well, have a blessed week, and I can't wait to see what you got coming up next. Indeed, man. Can't wait. Till next time, brother. All right, brother. Guys, and just remember, vertical momentum, the only way to go is butt. That's it. Uh, talk to you guys next week. <laughs>